0: You're listening to a Pave Media show.
1: Visit pavemedia.net for more podcasts and video entertainment. So, John, in this movie, Richard Jenkins presumably eats some pretty rank pies for about, I don't know, months. What's the worst thing you've ever eaten to find love? Well, this isn't so much
2: what I ate, but... A guy did once take me on a date to an all-you-can-eat Chinese restaurant. Okay, which is yeah, fine. It's not a dream first date venue, but whatever, I'll go with it. Yeah, Uh, and then he proceeded to eat, I think, like six or seven full, full plates of like heavy, heavy Chinese food. (laughs) (laughs) I was, I was impressed, but also a little
1: concerned. Well, like what sort of
2: food? Everything's ribs, crackers, you know. Okay. Lots, you know sweet was... and sour pork. Just, just he kept going back for more and more. He like yeah, sure. Well, I just imagine was...
1: me being vegetarian. The Chinese food that you eat is quite different to what I eat. Because for me, I could just have like six full plates of just noodles. Sure. Yeah. Right. But would, would you then have sex immediately afterwards? No. Well, there. That <laughs> 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 that's. Hence my concern. That's <laughs> a lot of food pre-sex. Exactly. Yeah. That's a
3: fair concern. Something's
1: Welcome everybody to Beyond the Boxer, the podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films I don't have any. Well, I've just got a text and it's not important. <laughs> um, so this episode, oh, I'm Harry, this is John, and this episode we're doing The Shape of Water. The Shape of Water, yes. Which is your choice. Yes. Um, I, well, it's, you know, kind of, we just we just finished the Oscars. We did. I mean, a week and a bit ago as, as this comes out, but uh, yeah, so I thought it'd be nice to look back at last year's Oscars and see what's going on. This film... Won it. Won it. It won the Oscar. <laughs> it, it won win, Best it, Picture. Yes. I mean, did
2: it not win the Oscars? It did. Well, yeah, it won Best Picture. Ergo, it did, in fact, win took the took yeah.
1: four awards, was nominated for 13. Well, that's impressive. I would say deservedly so. Yeah, absolutely. This film is just beautiful. I was glad you chose this, because, I mean, we've had a... Bit um, of a rough Bit of a rough We've had, a, we've had a, <laughs> a few on and
2: off weeks, you know. It was really nice to watch something just genuinely great. And just, as you mentioned, beautiful to look at, mm-hmm. and...
1: I mean, I really love Guillermo del Toro. This film made me realise that I want to reassess, or that I need to reassess my favourite films. Oh, really? Uh, my, like my top list, whatever it is. Currently, it's the top three list. I could mm-hmm. probably search for the top five, maybe even the top ten. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, my top three list, as it stands, needs readdressing because it's a bit out of date. Sure, yeah. So, this is... currently, it is Iron Man, Star Trek First Contact, Tron Legacy, mm-hmm. none of which are films from this decade. No. And they're all kind of... similar they're they're all very similar but there's a reason for that like I love that kind of film sure 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 I really do Mm. however there have been a few other films which I've revisited since making that list Um, you know for example Forrest Gump Mm -hmm. and I don't know uh, Avengers Infinity War probably Mm -hmm. Uh, probably
2: a bit too early to say with that one
1: probably maybe yeah Um, give it another couple of years yeah I've watched it a fair few years well we'll Mm -hmm. see how Endgame goes if Endgame goes badly then that might really take Infinity War down Mm -hmm. whole different discussion. However, I highly expect that Shape of Water will be on that list. Oh, that's so nice. So I watched this film and I had such a good time. Oh, that's nice. How many really time, enjoyed is this
2: it. this the first time you've revisited it since we saw it in the cinema?
1: Uh, I've watched it three times overall. Okay, cool. And, uh, yeah, it's just been really fun every time. Like, oh. I could see this film, despite that it's not quite appropriate for it, but turning into the sort of film that I just watch for a bit of fun, and, you know, I'll get my phone out and just be relaxing in front of this film. You know how you, how you can do that with your favourite films? You oh, totally yeah. So, well, you can just put them on and just listen to them.
2: Yeah. It's a film you can really just kind of almost wallow in. Mm. Just, you know, because it's, in a weird way, even though it is very violent and quite sexual in places, and there's certainly a lot going on, mm-hmm. but it's kind of just nice to just immerse yourself in the whole world of the film. Yeah. it's it's that's one of my favourite things about Guillermo del Toro films, is that he's really good at creating... A world that you can just like believe in.
1: Yeah, that's why I absolutely got from this film. Mm-hmm. One of the things I noticed, which happens, I believe, more in the in the first third of the film rather than anything else, before the plot really gets going, mm. that's when he's doing the big sort of world building things, as mm-hmm. in there's other stuff going on. Like, um, I'm not sure if you noticed, you probably did, but in one of the first scenes, there's a lot of fire trucks going past their house. Oh, yeah. For, well, there is a reason, like you see a building burning in the distance. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the plot, not even slightly.
2: But Richard Jenkins does explain what that is. Does he? Yeah, he says the chocolate factory burned down. And what does that mean? Well, exactly, it's just a silly, quirky little detail.
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly. It doesn't mean anything to the plot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, there's a bit more detail given to that. Um, Another one that I liked was um, just when the music's happening, which, of course, the music is outstanding in this. Yeah, it's its its own character. It it earned the Oscar that it won. Mm, 100%. But yeah, there's one point where I think she's waiting on a bus stop, the music's happening, and it's just all sort of, oh, it's just so nice and quaint and stuff. Mm. And she's sitting next to a man who's just holding a cake. Yeah, I love that. With a single slice taken out of it. And there's no, there's nothing, it it means nothing at all. Yeah. It's just an extra little detail. Like, so many other directors would just have somebody else sitting on the bench. Yeah. Or nobody sitting on the bench, or just, Mm -hmm. you know, anything. But, um, you know, just the man holding a cake with a little smile on his face. It was yeah.
2: cute. No, that's what I like about his films, because there's every little side character, even, like, the extras, like, that man, mm. they've got their own little story going mm. on that you could... It's like, what's his What's his deal? What happens to that cake? Did he yeah. just have a birthday by himself, and, like, he ate his one slice of cake, or he couldn't wait to get home? Or is it, is it someone else's cake, and he was just overcome with hunger, and he's eaten it, and now he feels bad? Oh, I like, think.
1: I think. He went to a birthday party, and... He really, really didn't get on with the person whose birthday it was. Okay. (laughs) So they had their slice of cake, and then he caused a distraction of some kind. I don't know what. And then he stole the cake. I love it. And ran away, and he's just taken that cake home to eat by himself. I would watch that movie. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so there is just... So so much to this film, and maybe we'll get to it in our sequels. But just there's so much to go off, mm-hmm. so many tiny little details that you can just be like, "Oh, let's dig in and open that up and see what's see what's in there." Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I I I would love if all Guillermo del films are like this, and then I'll have a really good time watching all of them.
2: Yeah, well, I think *Pan's Labyrinth* is to a degree. I've not seen the *Hellboy* films. But, mm. I mean, they're quite different, but mm. yeah, I really appreciate the level of detail like you said and the level of just i feel like in the first and part of this is, probably comes down to sally hawkins as well as the, the performance but i felt like in the first like two or three minutes of the film you do, it's a film that does have a whole world but it doesn't feel like it does a lot of conscious world building where it's not it doesn't tell you too much about mm. there's not a lot of exposition no but it's no, like no. without anything being said in the first like two minutes of just like there's no dialogue whatsoever you just see her you know, going about a day in her flat, and you know exactly who she is pretty yeah. much straight away. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. everything you need to know about that character. Yeah. And that takes you through the whole film, and it's mm-hmm. great. And that's just purely done through the direction, her performance, and just all the little tiny little details. Mm-hmm. You know, her flat,
1: like, I-, I love the way it looks. Oh, God, her flat slash the sets in this film mm-hmm. were outstanding. Yeah. And it won for production design as well, I believe. Really, really um, deservedly so. Like, how much would you pay for that flat?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it looked pretty run down. I mean, like... I'm
1: sure it is, but... I would happily move into that flat, even in the state that it was, or the yeah. state that it was when she left, yeah, yeah, yeah. which, you know, much worse <laughs> water much damage. Worse. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I would happily move into that flat, and even if I didn't own it, I would do it up, and sure, yeah. that place would be amazing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: No, it was it was good. It was good. The really good mix, I think, of, like,
2: physical production design with a little bit of CGI here and there just to top it off, I mean, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Which I'm glad, I'm glad it didn't lean too much into CGI. No, like, yeah,
3: certainly. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, it did that very
3: well. Mm-hmm.
0: If I spoke about it, if I did, what would I tell you, I wonder? Would I tell you about the time? It happened a long time ago, it seems, in the last days of a fair prince's reign. What would I tell you about the place? A small city near the coast, but far from everything else. or i don't know what i tell you about her the princess without voice or perhaps i would just warn you about the truth of these facts and the tale of love and loss and the monster who tried to destroy it all do you want to do a
2: little plot summary to just kick
0: us off
1: yeah sure okay so as we find out very quickly Sally Hawkins is um oh I forget her character's name Eliza Al- Eliza Esposito mm-hmm. and she is a cleaner for some kind of facility it's a military research facility of some kind sure yeah, yeah. You, you never really find out much details about no. it which just builds the interest but then also that's not what the story's about
2: yeah well, you could and... say that about pretty much everything that happens in this yeah. film. It does not like who, who is the sea creature. It doesn't really tell you,
1: but yeah, yeah. I'm glad it doesn't over-explain. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. So she she is the cleaner for that company, along with one of her best friends, Octavia Spencer, who is always fun when she's on screen. She's one of my favourite characters.
2: You know what? When I first watched this film in the cinema, it was obviously around Oscar season. And mm. I was really in my headspace of like, so everyone in, who's nominated for an Oscar, I'm really thinking, mm. you know, do they deserve this Oscar? Should they be nominated? So, and I remember thinking, well, Octavia Spencer was fun in this film, but she doesn't really get a lot to do mm-hmm. particularly. And I was like, well, you know, I feel like that's not really, you know, it's a bit of a filler nomination. So mm. I kind of wrote her off a little bit. Watching about this time without thinking about like the Oscars quite as much, I actually realised how much, even though she's not really integral to a lot of the plot, mm-hmm. she really is important to the film. Yeah. Like the film is... So much less good if she is not in it. I think, yeah, right? because I mean, everyone else is great too, but I think she just adds a real like warmth and sense of humor and levity to it that otherwise the film doesn't have as much of. So mm-hmm. all of her scenes are just really delightful, and I really, really enjoyed her this time around, even more so than last time.
1: So yeah, then uh, one day the two of them are cleaning about the place, and mm-hmm. um, well, actually, I don't know what nights yeah, they I seem to like, work nights. Yeah, that's I got so, that's the impression. You know, yeah. Oh, sorry, I've, I've skipped over the fact that um, she's got this great next door neighbour I don't mm. know about great but she's got this next door neighbour who yeah. she's great friends with Yes, played by Richard Jenkins who is a graphic designer mm-hmm. and spare minus is in the 60s so obviously this is not done on computers it's They're all hand, hand drawn, drawn yeah. and the two of them together they love just seemingly watching films mm. eating pie she cooks for him a little bit Yeah. Um, I don't
2: think she enjoys eating the pie
1: I don't think he does either no
2: no no he's, Yeah, that's one of the nice little details when he opens the fridge he's like we'll save it for later yeah. and he opens the fridge it's just full of pie yeah. he's not eating any of that pie like <laughs> no <laughs>
1: yeah and so they've, they've got a really lovely friendship they just love yeah. little tap dancing he's educating her on movies mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah it's just again all this lovely beautiful stuff in this universe that just doesn't really matter
3: yeah oh look at Betty oh
0: God, to be young and beautiful if I could go back to when I was 18 I didn't know anything about anything I'd give myself a bit of advice I would say take better care of your teeth and fuck a lot more.
1: Oh, no, no, that's very good advice. And so, yeah, one day when her and Octavia Spencer are at work cleaning about the place, they're cleaning this room, and then suddenly the scientists walk in with this big tank mm-hmm. that's very intriguing. And then uh, the the bad guy, the very <laughs> clear villain of the piece, <laughs> which is not hidden at all, No, which, no. which, which I love, because, like, how can you yeah. when somebody is just so outstandingly evil, mm-hmm. um, is, uh, is Michael Shannon, Yeah, who is just perfect in this he is cartoonishly
2: villainous <laughs> but he's like toxic masculinity in human form like, yeah. he's, <laughs> he's just so horrible and aggressive and sexist and racist
1: just pure villainy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so uh she goes up to this tank and something bangers against the glass or something and shocks her a little bit and her and baby spencer are told to leave the room and then at one point i think that maybe that same night i don't know Um, She walks down the corridor and she has like some gunshots and some screaming. Mm -hmm. Door opens, Michael Shannon walks out, he's missing two fingers, and then like sirens start going off, other people start coming out and asking to get help and everything. They do, and the room is just full of blood. Or she finds the fingers and puts them in like a sandwich bag or something. Is that when they meet the creature or? She sneaks back
2: in, I think, shortly afterwards, after they've cleaned up. And then she like gives the creature the the soft boiled egg yes that's it and that's when they begin their little flirtation when she seductively eats that soft boiled egg (laughs) which is hard to do that's Oscar nomination alone to to make eating a soft boiled egg look sexy is it
0: (laughs) eliza esposito it was you that found my fingers oh thanks three hours in surgery they rebuilt the first phalanx here Searched the tendons. Don't know if it's going to take or not. There was mustard on them. A paper bag. It was all we had, sir. I answer mostly on account of she can't talk. She can't. She deaf? Mute, sir. She said she can hear you.
1: Yeah, and then uh, she starts this relationship with the with, with the fish man. Yeah.
2: But I guess because she obviously doesn't speak. She's mute and mm. she communicates mostly through sign language Mm -hmm. and so the creature doesn't speak as well because you know it's a fish creature yeah Uh, so they start to communicate just through physical you know i think she starts teaching it very
1: basic sign and there's this very lovely little chaste romance starts happening yeah and so she starts learning loads about this creature of Mm. like well he, he likes eggs. Yeah, which she learns because she doesn't give him anything else. Well, yeah, he, he, he might hate eggs. But, <laughs> yeah,
2: maybe that's his version of the pie. He just <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. He's sort of got them all down under the at the bottom of the pool, just like. Ugh. <laughs> um, he likes music, and we and, and we see her sort of trying out different music with him, and seeing mm. what he likes, what he doesn't like, that sort of thing. And it's it it really is lovely, and yeah, um, she's having a whole sort of thing with Octavia Spencer, just as though she's talking about a man that she's fallen in love with, but then. Mm-hmm. I think the Tiger Spectre quickly catches on. What's yeah, what's yeah, yeah. going on? Mm-hmm. And now, as a kind of side story that does tie in, we do find out that uh, Michael Stolberg. Stuhl- Stolberg yes, yeah. is actually a Russian spy. Yes. <laughs> so this is all, by the way, somehow to do with the space race. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I'd love to know it's a,
2: how. It's a lot. I mean, I was never really clear on how Michael Shannon ended up with this creature in the first place and what no. his end game was and what,
1: what was he being funded to do here. Like, I mean, they did mention that he found it in, like, a river in South America or something. What was he doing in that river? I, I, I don't know. Well, the, he, he didn't enjoy the journey up from South America to where they are now. Mm. Um, and I've not, but I would love to have seen just a road trip movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe they started out best friends and it all yeah. just got like horribly perverted. <laughs> yeah, they fell um, out over a woman.
3: And like, yeah, or a um, dolphin. I don't know.
1: But yeah, so Michael Stolbach, he, uh, he he's a Russian spy trying to get secrets from the Americans just to see how well they're doing in the space race. And yeah, because this film is set up. in like 1962, so it's like the height of the space race. Yeah, 68, I think. 68. Okay. But also, he is an honest scientist who doesn't want to see this innocent creature die, mm-hmm. which it's really nice to see that it's not Russian villains. No. Like, it's a Russian spy, but he's not villainous in any way. No. They just want to get to the moon. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow this all ties in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the space (laughs) race
2: element is fairly fuzzy, but sure, yeah. Yeah, I I think it's just an excuse just to tie it into the real world. Yeah, sure. So Sally Hawkins finds out, Eliza finds out, that the creature's going to be killed soon. So then she has to, she decides she has to rescue it, and she asks Richard Mm -hmm. Jenkins to help her out. Mm Mm-hmm. To be fair,
1: I really did love this sort of heist twist. Yeah. They're they, they, they put in the middle of it with mm-hmm. the most incompetent person I've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Richard Jenkins is not cut out for the heist uh, no, world. <laughs> no, no. Um, I, I would say it's like if you and me did a heist. I think we'd do better. Actually, yeah, we would, because I wouldn't put you in charge to drive in a van.
3: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is you don't
1: drive, John! No, 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 Ken, I wouldn't want to drive, right? <laughs>
2: more competent than <laughs> Richard Jenkins. Thank you. Any more competent than you? Well, when, so when, when did when we, did you become we, James Bond all of a sudden?
1: I, I, I don't really know how to answer that, but <laughs> I don't know how we can test how competent each of us would be on a on a heist. I think there's an obvious way we can figure this out. Do a heist. Do a heist, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> what are we heisting? To don't know. Let's figure something out. I mean there's a museum just around the corner? So what, we could heist, like, armour? Sure. Is that... So I think these we do it Listeners It's the Royal Armouries That John lives next to By the way
3: Yeah
1: well, so that's got to be Pretty valuable Is it What's the point of that museum Who
2: cares about armour I don't know I've been in there All of twice In like the five years I've lived in this flat so.
1: I went in there once For a business conference Yeah It was awful It's not, not it's Really boring. boring Let's not
2: slag off Our local amenities you know? Okay sure Especially just before We heist them you know? Yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's not mention Who are heisting Online as well John. Sure, okay so, I'll, I'll bleed up so When This we is way, why right. You're not driving the van <laughs> <laughs> Fine, you make a good point. Carry on. <laughs> you can steal the fish creature and put it in the laundry. Okay, okay.
2: I mean I don't have good form when it comes to keeping fish creatures alive, but you know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: mm,
1: yeah, fair, fair, Where were we? So they so they do a heist which uh somehow coincidentally um involves the same time that Michael Stuhlberg is gonna do a heist and take the creature out of the museum because his Russian comrades mm-hmm. have um instructed him to, to do so. Uh huh. You know, is he called Dimitri or is one of them called Dimitri? I think he's called Dimitri. Yeah, so the two heists kind of link up, essentially, mm-hmm. because they realise they have similar goals and they work together. They do manage to successfully steal the fish creature. Michael Stolberg gives her instructions as to how to keep him, just like, oh, give him one of these every three days or whatever mm-hmm. and keep him in a bath of salty water.
2: It is like she's he's giving her instructions on how to keep a goldfish alive. really is. <laughs> <laughs> you like feed it twice a day with these flakes, and then, you know, make sure the saline's at the right
1: level. Yeah, know. yeah. Clean out the filter once a yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all those words went right of my head. I know, yeah. What's a week? <laughs> What's <once> a week? <laughs> yeah, and so they successfully managed to take away the fish creature. In the meantime, Richard Jenkins crashes the van at least once yeah. into Michael Shannon's brand new fancy car. Yes, his penis yeah. extension. Which I, I felt sad for. That was a beautiful car. Oh, come on. <laughs> It was a teal Cadillac. What is this new
2: autophile Harry I don't that's know. emerged recently? Know. You've never cared about cars. It, it looked nice. You've never even
1: owned a car. I like shiny things. Oh, okay, fine. Right. You know that's, that's true. true. That's
2: true, You do. You are a bit of a magpie, but yeah. not with cars.
1: Right? But anyway, yes, we ruined Michael Shannon's car, which, shame, but just Did whatever. that justify, justify all of Michael Shannon's subsequent behaviour? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, as <laughs> <thought so> much. <laughs> so, yes, they, 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 they get away, take him back to her house, put him in the bath. Mm-hmm. Bit of a little panic when he's not quite breathing, right? They pour salt in, they pour the things in, it doesn't quite work. And then mm-hmm. suddenly it does work and it's yes. fine. Mm-hmm. And then Michael Shannon gets a call from his boss, like the army commander or something. And this is, I mean, I'm not going to quote it word for word, but it's one of my favourite monologues of the film. Okay. Um, I forget if it's at this point or a little bit later, I'm not sure. But when um, his boss is like, I'm going to make sure that you don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And where the universe is, there's going to be a, I forget his name, a Michael Shannon shaped hole <laughs> in the universe. And you're going to be transferred to a different dimension, a dimension of shit. And you're <laughs> going to live there for eternity in the shit dimension.
2: It was aggressive. And <laughs> I was
1: like, Oh yes. I know my sequel idea. It's the shape of shit. It's going Sh- to be fantastic. Of- oh, great. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> the shape of shit. <laughs> um, I just thought it was such a great,
2: it, it was, it was a good, yeah, Impressive, I mean, he was under really... a lot of pressure, I'll give him that. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'd say it was an aggressive work environment for everyone, like, nobody was, they, they, that, that place desperately needed a HR department. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: meantime, Michael Shannon's fingers have been sewn back on. Oh, since they got bitten off earlier. Yes, yes um, which, they got sewn back on quite quickly. And, uh, yeah, apparently they, they might take, they might not take, um, they are not taking. They are not, they are rotting um, on his hand, yeah. Yeah, it's it is. Horrendous! Mm-hmm. How disgusting that is. Yeah, like he will squeeze it, and it's like squeezing a grape. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> no, it's like squeezing an old grape. Yeah, um, it's Ugh. just not very nice at all. No, and everybody's commenting on it, like how he smells because mm-hmm. his fingers smell, and like I assume it's just the smell of dead. dead yeah, bodies. rotting flesh. Yeah, literally rotting flesh. Oh, the worst bit for me actually, not the bit where he like squeezes his fingers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was that was that was tough. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was tough. But the bit where he is very aggressively having sex with his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> I mean, for one thing, I wasn't really okay with that scene in general. But then when she's like, oh, Michael Shannon, you- you're bleeding on me. Yeah. You know, because he's obviously on top. Mm-hmm. And that's disgusting in itself. And then he just covers her mouth with his hand and like, it's oh, all horrible. It, it was pretty gross.
2: Yeah. Uh, that whole scene, it was weird because he's such a cartoon-like villain. And yet there's this... I didn't understand that scene where they just... Again, maybe it was just a Del Toro, like, oh, let's just add a little detail that we don't necessarily need. Where well, you get this little weird glimpse into his home life that mm. never comes up again. Yeah. With his
1: wife with her big, giant beehive wig. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And his two little kids. What was supposed to be the classic... You know, American family, living the yeah. American dream. You know, mm. he's white, he's got a wife and two yeah. kids, he's got a brilliant house, he drives yeah. a Cadillac. I, I guess he was, the, the Game of the Toro was just painting a picture there for us. Yeah. No, uh, that's true, because I think the that is something that this film definitely
2: does do, is that all of the heroes in the film are very much outsiders.
1: You've got a mute woman, you've got a black woman, you've got a gay man... By the way, I hope listeners understand when I said the American dream and referred to the fact that he's white, I meant that with, like, sarcasm. Yeah, yeah, no, but... Just, yes. just to clarify. No, 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 no. Like, I, white I, I, picket fences. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you said, yeah. I mean, he's, the, he's the picture that's put on the posters of, like, yes. come, buy this
2: house. Yeah, and I guess that's probably what all of the Rossing Fingers stuff's all about. He's easily the most, like, depraved and, mm. you know, damaged character. And it's funny, like, there are two sex scenes in this film. One, a straight white one has sex with his wife. Mm-hmm. The other one a woman has sex with a fish. Yeah. And which, is the more, more which is the more disturbing sex scene. It's definitely the man having sex with his wife. Because, yeah, yeah, he's just, like,
1: her like, a deer or something. And, yeah, yeah. he's bleeding all over it. It's horrible, yeah. So, yeah, meantime, um, we do have... Elisa is now getting to know this new friend that she's got living in her bath. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> have you got a friend living in your bath? The way you said it made it sound just very, like, innocent. <laughs> yeah, so she's, she's getting to know him a little bit and... Mm-hmm. You know what he's like, and she buys uh, him a nice card. Yeah, she yeah, she buys him a card. Like, I'm so glad that we're friends. Yeah, <laughs> um, which was cute. But she actually had to explain it in some way. Well, presumably he can't read. Yeah, so. oh, I would assume yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a bit where he, well, sorry, where she goes to work and then he is because he exploring the house or something. But meantime, Richard Jenkins is like falling asleep or something, mm. and so the fish man finds his way into Richard Jenkins' apartment, who he has a lot of cats. He does keep a lot of... He's a classic, not a crazy cat lady, but lonely
2: cat gay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh, the fish man kind of misinterprets what a cat is. Yeah, You know, it's a pet. Yeah. Um, It's not food. And so he eats Pandora, (laughs) which which I'm assuming is a callback to Pan's Labyrinth. I guess maybe? I don't know. I can't remember. But yeah, he literally chews its head off.
3: Like, (laughs)
2: Yeah. See, I wouldn't throw that to kids. No, exactly, yeah. But, like, Richard
1: Jenkins' reaction is so, like, underwhelming. It really is, isn't it? <laughs> but as I'm going to put it out there. Because, pa- like, initially he's like, oh, no, 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 no. And the fish monster w- runs away. Yeah. And then, you know, w- once they found the fish monster, he's watching some film in the cinema that I'm sure is a reference to. You know, yeah, Cantor's I think it's like, The films. Creature from
2: the Black Lagoon or something. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then, like, when he comes back and he's... Richard Jenkins then starts talking to Elise and just like oh he yeah, ate Pandora it was I mean, it was awful but like it's all fine it's all fine yeah you can't blame just... poor Pandora I'm putting out that she is the Barb
2: from Stranger Things of this <laughs> she is
3: <laughs> well said
2: yeah. oh. nobody cares <laughs> that poor poor cat and I very seldom say that but yeah. that poor poor cat <laughs> it's tragic
0: don't worry about me I'm fine but believe me I'm fine he ate pandora it wasn't his fault he's a wild creature we can't ask him to be anything else eliza go find him go 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 you're lucky
1: that night after eating pandora sally hawkins decides to go into the bathroom takes her clothes off closes the door mm-hmm. and who
3: knows what that happens, happens. Sex. Yeah.
1: yeah i mean it's pretty obvious what happens, sorry well, yeah, <laughs> She explains it in When a mummy and a daddy detail. love each other very much. Yeah, but she
2: explains in quite specific detail to Octavia Spencer <laughs> yeah. in the following scene
1: exactly what went down. <laughs> Which was then my favourite Octavia Spencer scene. Yes. Um, just her reaction to everything. just, ooh. Yeah, <laughs> Octavia no, Spencer reacting to things is a highlight of this film. Oh yeah, big time, big time. <laughs> yeah, I forget what else happens, but... Uh...
2: The Will next, they have sex again?
1: I was going to say, the next sex scene is the iconic yes. sex scene of the film, mm-hmm. um, which is the one that seems to turn a lot of people off from this film, of how unrealistic it is. And, you know, fair. The entire but, film's unrealistic. Yeah, but it's not trying... Yeah, it's not trying yeah. to be... Re- well, other than Fish Monster, Yeah. other than that and this scene, everything else is believable. I I mean, like fish, yeah. fish Monster is just like, oh, there are these creatures in the, in the water or whatever. Yeah. That's a thing that you know, it could exist. We don't sure. know it doesn't exist. Hmm. Yeah, so she decides that she's going to put all the plugs in the bath and the sink and don't know what she does to block the toilet, but just put some towels at the bottom of the bathroom door. Yeah. I mean, and this is not realistic in the slightest, the, uh, the, but the the, the, out, the outwards opening bathroom door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, she, start, she turns everything on and starts overflowing the sink and the bath mm-hmm. and everything like that. And she's naked, obviously he's naked, because he always is. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and so they start, they start kissing or whatever, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's all filling up with water and we see in the cinema below that a lot of water is sort of draining out we see through the floorboards how it's dripping down yeah yes yeah, so the landlord who is the owner of the cinema below comes up and knocks on um, Richard Jenkins' door saying like what's going on like i've got cinema guests for the first time in my life how and they the get cinema and, they, stays and open they're getting wet yeah, don't omni, know. yeah. <laughs> it's a fantastic looking cinema yeah it looks great there's everyone in there yeah then uh, richard jenkins like okay i'll go and speak to her or something mm-hmm. and he walks in and her apartment is it's not flooded. It's just really wet. Yes, everything's really wet, and the bathroom door is leaking from even the top of the bathroom door. Yeah, and you see the camera inside, and you know it, it's very sweet and romantic. It's lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh He opens the door, ruins their whole moment. Yeah, which well, he wasn't to know, you know. He 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 wasn't to know, but also like, well, now they they they've got to wait for that to fill back up again. <laughs> yeah, and. I'm not sure if you've ever overflowed your sink or anything at any point. Knowing you, I'm sure you have. Mm. Probably takes quite a while to fill up your apartment. Well, yes. And also, um, they don't get washed out with the flow of the water. No, they don't. They just stand in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a fantasy. Anyway, I don't.
2: Yes, care. yes. Any, anyway. Yeah. Um, I loved the scene. Yeah, I had no and... problem. I thought it looked beautiful, and it. You know, you don't need to see the clean of them like mopping up afterwards. No, and, like, no, no. Of course, this
1: yeah. this is all just stuff that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Which, like most things in this film, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, it's just just extra detail. Yeah. It's just great it's brilliant Mm -hmm. and I think that this was the peak of probably one of my favourite romances in films yeah it is it's a lovely lovely romance Mm. so yeah and then uh, well when the film starts to run to the end I think Michael Shannon sort of works out that it was her Mm -hmm. Um, well he initially you missed one of the best scenes initially he doesn't think it's her
2: but he interviews her in Zelda Octavia Spencer anyway just just mm. because they were on site at the time as if they know anything and he's just like being full arsehole he's just like why am I even asking the fucking help and yeah and he he says lots of really horrible things to Eliza about her the scars on her neck that she has and stuff mm-hmm. like anyway and he's being incredibly racist to Zelda he's mm-hmm. like saying you know it's it's just as human as you or me well more like me I guess but you know you know just, just horrible things and then at the end of it as they're walking out Eliza kind of starts signing for QS him, which oh, is yeah. great.
0: What am I doing interviewing the fucking help the shit cleaners the piss wipers. You too. Go ahead. Leave. What'd you say to me? What is she saying? I uh, I didn't catch it. What is she saying? She she is
3: saying thank you.
1: Michael Shannon catches up with uh, Michael Stolberg at his meet-up point with his Russian comrades. Yes. And uh, he kills the two Russian comrades, Mm -hmm. who were just about to kill Michael Stolberg anyway. So, saves his life, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, be thankful to him. Well, open up what happens next. (laughs) (laughs) And then he shoots up uh, Michael Stolberg, like, once or twice in the stomach and, uh, again, through the mouth. Yeah. Like, through both cheeks and presumably teeth. Yeah, drags him across. It, yeah, it, and it, it's, then it's, yeah, it's drags him, like, 50 metres be a Again, f- this seems to f- be, a, 50 del, meters seems a, be a, del, a Del Toro thing. I remember that from Pan's Labyrinth. You must Labyrinth. remember that. Yeah. There's a scene that scarred me from Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. Right. Scared that guy, too. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he interrogates him and says, like, who were the team that took the thing? What are, they, what are their names and ranks and locations? And yeah, uh, Stolberg really could have just made up some names. I oh, had yeah, Dimitri, uh, Vladimir... Mm. Uh, Victor like being tortured, you know. Like. I mean, yeah, but just, like, say, oh, they're at this place. Sure. And just, you know, give the address to your own apartment or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you're about to die. Just don't say, oh, yes, the cleaners. Oh, have, a bit, have a bit of compassion. The poor guy's being horribly tortured.
3: Yeah, just well, take
2: a couple
1: of fingers through your gut, see what comes out of your mouth, you know. Probably blood. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, since i Mark like Shannon, suddenly everything clicks with him, and he leaves... Obviously, that guy dies. Mm -hmm. Goes to Eliza's apartment Mm -hmm. just to try and sort of find things. Sees Mm -hmm. evidence that the creature was in her bathroom. By the way, has she not had a bath in weeks? I guess not. Yeah. She probably stinks. (laughs) Just wanted to throw that out there. Mm -hmm. And finds that on her calendar, she said docks slash rain or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's raining heavily. Oh, because, yeah, Eliza's plan
2: was, after rescuing the creature, was to wait until the rain... I did
1: have this problem with the film, to be honest. Really? Yeah. That she had to wait for the rain... So that she could put him in the in the water. Yeah. Because when it rains, then it will overflow the locks. so that the canal will just lead straight to the sea. Yeah. Take him to the sea. Like Have it. a day out at the beach. Well, maybe
2: she just wanted to buy a bit more time for him. You know. Well, why set a date at all then? <laughs> just to make it seem like she had a plan. I don't know.
1: He nearly died multiple times while they were waiting.
2: True, true, true. I, I,
1: I don't know. Yeah. It's you know, it's so they can get to the scene on the docks at the end. Mm. Yeah. So they. Um... They all meet up at the docks, mm-hmm. the, the good guys and the bad. Mm-hmm. Good guys are all saying their goodbyes. The Michael steps out of his car and starts shooting people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he knocks out um, Richard Jenkins or something. He hits him, yeah. He, yeah. Oh, he punches him, doesn't it, he? Yes, he punches him, yes. Um, and uh, shoots Eliza and the fishman, man, mm-hmm. um, and they both die. Yeah. Seemingly. Seemingly. Richard Jenkins then. Is it, is it then gets his own back he bashes him over the head yes yeah bashes him over the head with just like a wooden thing or whatever mm-hmm. and then Fishman suddenly brings himself back to life mm-hmm. as in just like oh, I've got healing powers you didn't know that and he's all lit up and everything and there's mm-hmm. a lot of LED work going on his costume looks fantastic yes and I must say that Doug Jones also mm-hmm. known from Star Trek Discovery mm-hmm. fantastic in this
2: oh wait, is it is it's Saru isn't it yeah yeah I forgot about that yeah no he's great I and mean, he's so
1: unrecognisable because he's always in heavy
2: costume yes he is bless him <laughs> But yeah, I was re- this is where I was really pleased that... I mean, there must have been some CGI in the costume work, but I was really glad they used practical effects because it meant that Sally Hawkins and Doug Jones had real chemistry. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just Sally Hawkins looking at someone wearing like a green suit. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that chemistry would have been there as, as much. Like, no, you I, could really yeah, feel I it. And I, I, it made me really happy because so many times when you see human actors interacting with CGI in films, a lot of the time it doesn't really... It really work emotionally Was mm. this really did and considering mm-hmm. that neither of speak for the whole film you really needed that like physical connection and yeah. it's really really well done
1: yeah so, yeah. yeah and so then uh, he saves himself and walks up to Michael Shannon Michael Shannon drops his gun and looks up to him and says oh my god you are a god mm-hmm. which I thought it was a really great way to go out it's a good final line for yeah. a good villain final line yeah shit, the, I was wrong yeah, yeah and then the fishman just slashes his throat to pieces mm-hmm. right in front of the police but that doesn't matter yeah walks over to Eliza picks her up and just jumps into the water mm-hmm. and uh like rubs her neck or something turns her scars into gills, and then mm-hmm. they swim off happily ever after
3: yeah
0: if I told you about her what would I say that they lived happily ever after I believe they did that they were in love, that they remained in love. I'm sure that's true. But when I think of her, of Eliza, the only thing that comes to mind is a poem whispered by someone in love hundreds of years ago. Unable to perceive the shape of you, I find you all around me. Your presence fills my eyes with your love it humbles my heart, for you are everywhere.
1: So, do you want to get to some drinking games? Sure, yeah. Right, I've got a few here. So, uh, my first one is drink whenever Elisa gets wet. Okay, that's a good one. Not necessarily sexually, but just just, just, just but gem- also, she becomes. But also, not, 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 ex- not, 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 not excluding because yeah. you know, they, they cross over. Indeed, yes.
2: Um, <laughs> I, th- I think the two are very connected. She clearly has a thing with water. You know, mm-hmm. so, yeah. I mean, she always masturbates in the bath, so, you know. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I think that's fruitful, definitely. You can have a lot with that. Yeah. Okay, I don't drink every time Octavia Spencer bitches about her husband or her marriage.
1: Oh, yeah, great. Great. Does that include to her husband? Oh, totally, yeah. Absolutely. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, drink whenever the amount of hair on uh, Richard Jenkins' head changes. hmm Yes, that's good. <laughs> Including use of wigs. Well, I was going to say drink for the
2: toupee, yeah. yeah. Every time he wears the toupee. Yeah. So uh, that in itself is a good drinking game. Because yeah. it's a good toupee. It I is. To be fair, it's not that clockable. So, no, Yeah.
1: yeah. Drink whenever evil McEvil face does something quite evil.
2: Evil McEvil face does something evil, yes. Mm. Very good. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, just every time he's on screen. Pr- pretty much, yeah. yeah. Drink every time Richard Jenkins says, I'm alone or I have no one. Like, <laughs> he is a bit of a sad emo gay. Like, oh, yeah.
1: yeah. was <laughs> like, come on, pull yourself together, man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, sure, mm. fair.
1: And this is my last one. Um, I've got drink for injuries. Yes, yeah. There's quite a few I've got listed here. Um, Fingers getting bitten off. Mm -hmm. Gunshots. Mm -hmm. So drink for every gunshot, I guess. Scars caused by the fishman. Mm -hmm. Fingers getting pulled off. And um, fishman eating Pandora. Yes. Uh, My last one was just drink for
2: movie references, classic movie references. Uh, Ah, yeah, that's good. Very many.
1: Very many. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So before we get to some sequels, just want to let you listeners know that we're on Patreon. Mm -hmm. and If you have really enjoyed this episode or any other episodes then please go to patreon.com slash set where you can support us for as much or as little as you like. And if you do so, then there's a few bonus features you get, including a bonus show where we review the films that are, well, either in the cinema right now or, depending on the time of year, nominated for Oscars. Yes. <laughs> which is our current thing, really. Yes. Yeah, I think we've still got a few more to do after this episode.
2: Yeah, we've done a lot, but yeah, we're almost through it now. So. Yeah. Also, there's sod all on at the cinema right now yes so, you know. god damn it there is <laughs> if we'd wrapped up a little bit earlier i would have tried to convince you to go see the new Lo movie but you've dodged that bullet once again
1: <laughs> oh dear poor me <laughs> <laughs> um so um as well as the bonus show every patreon once a month will get a 30 second advert on the show mm. on the main show that is so you can advertise anything you like it can be your favorite remote control it could be uh lots of tiny little bottles of champagne oh yeah they're, they're candles but they're candles yes for, for, for why for birthdays and other celebrations there have been a lot of birthdays recently John. I know yeah and they're still there I keep forgetting to use them Really. <laughs> and also once a month one of our Patreons can come on the main show if they want and you can pick a film for us you don't have to come on the show you can just pick a film and we'll do it Yeah. and if you want to pick a film that has a sequel then we'll do that on a bonus show for you mm-hmm. also last week we had who um, come on yeah, from, from doing a do clue yeah. and uh, yeah we'll have Great some time. on in a couple of weeks yes So, yeah, all that is available at patreon.com slash beyondtheboxset. Hi, I'm Mike from the Genuine Chit Chat Podcast, where we have honest conversations with
0: interesting people. I speak to a wide variety of guests, from travellers to musicians, to those afflicted with mental or physical illnesses. There's really no subject that's off-limits, from movies to politics, and even controversial topics ranging from sex to drug reform and political correctness. So if you still believe in the
2: art of conversation, are intrigued by healthy debates with different ideas and perspectives you may not have thought of, and want to podcast where every episode is about something different with a variety of guests, then this may be the podcast for you. You can hear us on YouTube and all your favourite podcast apps, and follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. So if you want to hang out and listen to honest conversations with interesting people,
0: then come to Genuine Chit Chat, where I'm your host, Mike Burton.
1: Okay, so sequels, I believe, is uh-huh. the next thing we do here. That's generally that how it works. Slash so? the main thing we do here. Yeah. After you. Okay, sure.
2: Uh, so I've just done the one this week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mine is a direct sequel. It's kind of harder than I thought it was going to be. Okay. I struggled this week. Like, it's a film with a lot of open ends, I guess. Mm-hmm. But in, in a way, much like a fairy story, which I guess is what it is. Like it wraps itself up in such a nice, lovely way that I kind of struggled to think of anywhere I really wanted to go. So I don't have one. So moving on. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to go. I had to go. So this is what I came up with. Yeah. Um, and it's not particularly funny this week because again, I like this film I didn't like it's hard to make fun of this film because it's just it's good and it's okay. hard to find things to pick holes in. So I've just tried to think of like what what might actually work as a genuine sequel. Anyway, so what I came up with. This is based on a scene I mentioned earlier, which it kind of is a bit of a sore thumb in this film. Not as a bad scene, just that it's not, not necessarily, obviously necessary, which yep. is when you visit Michael Shannon in his family home and you meet his wife and his oh, two yeah. kids, and he has that weird sex with his wife where she, he bleeds all over mm-hmm. and it's horrible. Anyway, just the fact that it establishes that he's got a family who aren't really mentioned again for the rest of the film, mm-hmm. particularly. So I
1: thought, well, what might happen to those kids after their dad is killed by a fish man? Oh, okay. So this, I thought, film, I thought we were going to go in the direction of... Uh telling the same story but from the family's point of view. As in, just like, Daddy, why have you lost your fingers? Yeah, Daddy, why cons- are your fingers black and disgusting?
2: Yeah, I considered it but no. The sequel's set present day-ish. Okay. Probably a bit earlier because time frame 60s to now. Maybe like late 90s. It doesn't matter. It's set 30-odd years after they've events of the original film. Ooh, 90s film. Hmm. Well, there's not a lot of 90s references particularly. I'm just trying to think of the ages of okay, so the people. Spice I mean, we could fill it with 90s references. I mean, the, <laughs> to be fair, why not? The original film is full of like sixty. Even then, it's like more like 20s and 30s music because they're all into like old, old Hollywood. Yeah. So yeah maybe, yeah, maybe this one is full of like pop culture and Spice Girls and stuff, but that's not really where I was going with it initially. Sure. But tell you what, I'm going to challenge you to think of a scene that will work in a Spice Girls musical number. Like a Spice <laughs> I mean- Girls fantasy musical number where the main character sings a Spice Girls song.
1: Sure. I mean, I'll do my best, mm-hmm. but we both know that you know Spice Girls much better than me. Mm-hmm. Sure.
2: Well, that, hence the challenge element. So. Okay. Okay.
1: Anyway. So, it set sometime after the original, I guess in the
2: 90s then, and it focuses on the son of Michael Shannon's character, now, mm-hmm. who's now an adult. Okay. I was thinking he should be played by Jeremy Renner. That works for me. Yeah.
1: Very generic guy.
2: And... Yeah, I'm thinking like character actor, no one too A-listy character actor, somebody who could play like a grumpy villain kind of science
1: oh is he villainous
2: somewhat we'll, we'll see how it it's goes a new then. direction for Jeremy Renner I didn't want to know lose like two clean cuts you know okay yeah anyway so it's been Given a scar he could have scarring yeah from what, what's caused the scarring it's a bicycle's concert it's gone horribly wrong <laughs> <laughs> you got whacked by baby spices pigtails you got some yep, there yep, right. yeah there it is yeah Anyway, no. Actually, he, there's, there could be a reason he could have some scarring. So basically, it's been like 20 or 30 years, whatever. I think Jeremy Renner is about 47, so that matches. Yeah. It's been 20 or 30 years since his father's mysterious death at the hands of the sea creature. Mm-hmm. And Timmy, his name was apparently Timmy Strickland. I <laughs> looked it up on IMDb, he's called Timmy. Oh, that's just... It's the ultimate child boy name. Pretty much, yeah. In America in particular. Yeah. Apparently, there was a sister as well called Tammy. She's not in this, but Timmy and Tammy. Okay, cool. Yeah. Anyway... So, it's been 20-odd years since Timmy's father has mysteriously Almost died. Almost as good as Rami Malik's twin brother. Sammy Malik. yeah. <sighs> <laughs> anyway, so since his father's death, Timmy has spent his entire life obsessed with finding the creature and getting his revenge. Mm-hmm. So he, might, he has kind of disguised his identity, so he, doesn't, he hasn't told anyone that he's the father, the that, that he's the son of mm-hmm. a high-ranking military person who was murdered. Mm-hmm. So he's changed his identity, and he's now working at a top-secret military lab as a marine biologist. Does he have a name? No, he's still just Timmy. I don't know. I did not think this fear. He could be called anything. Okay. Sammy Malik. Sammy Malik. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So he's working at a (laughs) top-secret military lab as a marine biologist searching for intelligent life at the bottom of the ocean. Mm -hmm. So he's hoping to, through this, find the creature again. Yeah. Uh, The government, obviously, is aware of the existence of intelligent life under the sea because, you know, they were covering up the creature in the first place. Mm -hmm. But because they've never discovered any other fishmen since... They've never let the public know, so mm-hmm. it's been a whole cover up. But they're still looking because they know it exists, basically. So that's why the government is still pursuing this particular line of research. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll probably start off with him having some scenes of him like going down in a submarine. I'm thinking it's kind of like the opening scenes from Titanic, you know, with that guy uh, in the Paxton. submarine, Bill well, Paxton, yeah, well, Paxton in, yeah, you know, in the submarine, just searching, yeah. sweeping the bottom of the ocean, trying to find things. But instead of like sweeping the Titanic, it's just looking for intelligent life, but all they finding is like. You know, sharks and jellyfish and stuff. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that works. Yeah. Lots of, like, dead ends and, you know, false leads and stuff. Mm. Yeah. And maybe some literal red herrings. <laughs> mm. <laughs> is the herring a sea fish or a river fish? I think thinking, it's a river fish. I was about but... to
1: say, what is a herring? It's a fish. <laughs> okay, cool. I mean, I, I'd, I'd assumed, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it's, like, I think I'm, I think I'm, I'm thinking of a heron. It's a bird. You can, I know, but like you can see my yes. mistake there, where I kind of associated yeah. like Sure, yeah, yeah, sure. sure. No,
2: herring, pickled herring is a very popular meal in Sweden. Well, I wouldn't know. No, sure. So we're also going to see through like an opening montage kind of thing that this kind of vendetta to get revenge for the murder of his father mm. has taken over his entire life, mm-hmm. and so there's nothing much else going on in his life, and consequently he's quite lonely. So we're probably going to have a little sad little montage at the beginning of him. Waking up in the morning, he's going to put a place of mac and cheese into the microwave, yeah. put a three minute timer on, have a speed wank in the shower, and then go to work.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: Callbacks, references. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no,
1: so that's, that's fine. yeah.
2: Mm. Uh, one day, he gets the call of a lifetime. An unidentified
1: human-like creature... So is it called the shape of cheese instead of the shape of water? Because mac and cheese... Could yeah. Uh... The shape of pasta. The shape of revenge. The shape of pasta, pen, I like that. The shape of, of pasta. It's, a, you know... it's pen. It's, it's, a, it's yeah. a fairly straight pasta. Yeah, it's a straight... Yeah, yeah. Maybe as he, as, he, as he loosens up and
2: learns how to love, he starts spaghetti. It becomes spaghetti, <laughs> becomes spaghetti yeah. <laughs> anyway, one day he gets the call he's been waiting for his whole life. An unidentified human-like creature has been washed up on a beach in California.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So he races down to the research centre where the creature is being held... Mm. Uh, and the creature certainly isn't human, but it looks a lot more human than the one from the original film, so it's not the same sea creature. Oh, okay. In fact, it's pretty much a mermaid.
3: Ooh.
2: But... So wait, two legs sewn together? Or m- merged together? No, 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 no. It's not like a cartoon mermaid. But it is definitely... It is a woman or a female, mm-hmm. who is definitely visibly half human, half fish, but it's a lot more close to the fish creature than... Sure. It's not like a pretty aerial cartoon Sexy Mermaid. It's a, okay. It's what a mermaid might actually look like. You know, it's still got gills and webbed hands and feet, you mm-hmm. know, and like green scaly skin, but also, you know, boobs and a face. It also doesn't speak. Yeah. Uh, and the scientists, being a little bit more evolved than their 1960s, you know, counterparts from the original film, they're not just racing to like cut it open and kill it, and they're not torturing it. They genuinely want to study the creature and find out who it is and what, why it looks so much like a human and what they can learn from it. Mm-hmm. So Timmy is drafted in as like one of the top marine biologists in the country. Obviously, they don't know that he's got this personal vendetta against it. Uh, and obviously, he realizes very quickly that it can't be the same creature because it's obviously, it's younger, it's a female, you know. So he's just kind of intrigued at this point. Mm-hmm. They also draft in a linguistics expert to try and communicate with the creature. Yeah. And this is another reason I decided to cast Jeremy Renner. Ah... Uh... Because the linguistics expert is going to be
1: played by Amy Adams. Brilliant.
2: Yeah. Cause very, very good. Because I felt like a lot of this movie was about communication. Yeah, it was. So, Anyway, so then we're going to have a lot of the, the bulk of the movie is going to be an arrival style, spoiler. And I, I, I know you never saw that <laughs> coming. Uh, an arrival style story plot where they have to work together, him as the science guy and her as the linguistics expert, mm. to try and learn to communicate with the creature. Mm hmm. And Amy Adams, very
1: quick... She so, so no one just thought, sign language. Well, yeah, it's, I, I did think
2: it's might, it might be quite a short plot line because, you know, yeah. as she earns the creature's trust, Amy mm-hmm. Adams as a character, mm-hmm. she's going to learn that actually it can communicate using American Sign. Mm-hmm. And so obviously that puzzles them a lot. They're like, how did it learn American Sign? It's a spe- regional specific mm. form of sign language and it speaks it perfectly. That like, can't be a coincidence. Like, How could it possibly have learned this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then she discovers, through communicating with... Because I'm guessing she also speaks in American Sign, Amy Adams, in the arrival universe, you know. Yeah. She discovers that the creature was taught by its mother. And it, the mermaid tells the story of how her father was captured by humans many years ago, fell in love with a human woman who helped him to escape, and then came back to the ocean with him. So obviously, you know, I'm sure you figured it out. This mermaid is the daughter of Sally Hawkins and the sea creature. That works. Yeah. Obviously, Jerry Renner. When he realizes this is the daughter of the monster that killed his father, becomes furious. So one night he sneaks into the lab after dark, in the middle of the night, and tries to murder the mermaid by oversalting her tank. Oh shit! I'm just drinking like the 40 metal. of I'm just like sort of a giant yeah. of salt, just like <laughs> yeah. However, she wakes up and pleads for her life mm-hmm. in sign, and he can't bring himself to do it. He mm-hmm. has a moment of a moral crisis, and he he can't, he can't bring himself to murder this innocent creature. And so after that. We're going to have a little love story, like very similar to the original. Yeah, it's obviously it's gender swapped, but also, you know, there's the whole thing of, you know, this creature's father killed his father. So, you know, he's coming to terms with that and stuff. And they don't speak the same language because he doesn't know sign. So she, he asks Amy Adams to have, kind of teach him a bit of sign language so he can communicate as well, but she doesn't know that he's actually falling in love with her. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to have a nice little, you know, mermaid human romance happen. Yeah. That works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh maybe Amy Adams also is falling in love with him a little bit, creating a little a classic human mermaid love triangle. Oh beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Surely
1: there's a spice Girls song about that.
2: Uh, I mean Two become one? Well that's more of, they, could, they could they could they could like have a make out <laughs> session of Two Become One. I don't know, I love Triangle too much, maybe? I don't know. Stop right now, thank you very much. Work them all in, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Maybe the first thing she she signs to him that he understands is, if you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. My friends being the fish. <laughs>
1: Do you know how to sign
2: zigga zigga? As long as there's no follow-up questions, yes. <laughs> anyway, he's falling in love with the mermaid. Amy Allen is a bit in love with him. Love triangle is happening. As he becomes closer to the mermaid and their connection gets stronger, she is able to tell him the story of what actually happened and he realises that his father was actually the villain of the situation mm. and that the creature... Her father was only trying to get her back into the ocean and defend itself. So he determines to put right what his father did wrong all those years ago by setting the mermaid free and letting her go back to her family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we're going to get the you
1: know the classic escape narrative. there has got to be a Spice Girl song for this. some kind of like "Set You Free" or something. I'm I'm just giving a phrase now. Sure. But that's got to be something that's
2: uh, well. There's an Emma, Emma Bunton song, Baby Spice, called "Free Me." There it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There it is. Yeah, there it is. Right. And it's a bit niche, but we can wear that. Sure. I mean, yeah. The mermaid sings it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so he decides to let set the mermaid free, and I, I don't want to make it too much of a rehash of the original. With like, I've not really set up a villain for this film, but mm. I guess there's got to be some kind of high-ranking military guy who's like
1: wants to turn them into a weapon
2: or something. Yeah. Who maybe wants to transfer it for further testing. So that there's, there's got to be like yeah. a ticking clock or something. Maybe she gets
1: sick. You know? Yeah. So, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio wants to turn the mermaids into weapons for the military perfect
2: it's just like yeah it's like the velociraptors in Jurassic Park there it is perfect yeah
1: so that's happening there's a ticking
2: clock they realise they need to set the mermaid free so Mm -hmm. Jeremy Renner has now had a complete change of heart from wanting to kill the mermaid to wanting to set it free Uh, he enlists Amy Adams to help him out Uh, they manage to break the mermaid out of the facility and get her back into the ocean Mm -hmm. so we get an emotional goodbye on the beach or something or on on the harbour on the pier she asks him to come with her and he's like no no I don't like water very much I get ear problems so. (laughs) so then she swims off into the ocean, leaving Jeremy Renner and Amy Adams standing on the beach hand in hand as the sun goes down and I guess there's a lovely romantic Spice Girls song plays. Oh. Yeah. And that's it. Quite simple. I know not many laughs compared to some of my usual ones, but mm, yeah. I just thought I'd go do something that might actually work. So. Oh, that was very nice. Oh, I like yeah, that. You. Have you got a name? Uh, I think I had something. I mean, it, I guess it's now just the shape of the Spice Girls, but I, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Son, of the Amph- Son of the Amphibian Man or... I don't have a sequel. No, I do not. The shape a... of
1: the spire skulls not quite as hourglass as they used to be. Sure. Well, I mean that's quite long and sexist, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And there's no rela- relation to the plot whatsoever. <laughs> no. Um. Hmm. The shape of redemption. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. Listeners, that's a callback to a conversation me and John had before starting recording of how the Shawshank Redemption sounds like the conclusion to a trilogy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Starting was just Shorshank, and then like Shorshank Legacy yeah. or Shorshank Ultimatum, yeah. <laughs> or anything like that. But yeah, Shorshank Redemption. That's yes, yeah.
2: <laughs> so that's yeah. gonna be my go-to. now if I can't think of a title for a sequel. To go, <laughs> the X Redemption.
1: Yep, yep, that works. <laughs> All right. Well, I assume it's now my idea. Yeah, go for it. Cool. So mine, like I say, I've not got a title. Okay. Um, this one is a prequel. A prequel, okay, interesting. Mm -hmm. So I thought I'd, uh, as I mentioned, there are many, many different details that Gimbal de Toro threw into this film and just didn't do anything with. Mm -hmm. And so what I've done is I've gone into one, quite a small one, Mm -hmm. and I've just cut it right open just to see what's in there. Is this the story of the fat man and the cake? No. No. (laughs) I, I mean,. That that would have been great, but uh, no, no, it's not that. It'll all become clear. You'll probably guess halfway through. I'll try and look surprised. Okay, cool. (laughs) So uh, we're going to start off in the underwater world, where water creatures come from. Oh, okay. I don't have a name for this, so for lack of a better name, let's call it Waterworld. Sure, yeah. It's going to be ruled by a king, um, which can either be played by Kevin Costner Mm -hmm. um, or Drayson Momoa. Are we going for an Aquaman thing? There's not much to do with this character at all. It's just... just... Kevin Momoa, would, would, would you like?
2: So is this like a sea creature?
1: Yeah. Let's go for Momoa. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Big, rolling, hulking sea creature. Yeah, like, like yeah. King Triton style. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that yeah. that works. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're not human looking. They're more like... So a, is is the, Jason the, Momoa in the fish outfit? Yeah, but... in the fishman outfit. Sure, yeah. I guess maybe like he's squeezed into it so much that it just looks a bit silly. Yeah, that, that works. Generally. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, this is silly. Good. Good. Well, man, wasn't Sam so glad to, 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 to finish my earlier sentence, I feel like with films that are really close to your heart mm-hmm. and that you don't just don't want to touch, for me, the best thing you can do is just go all out ridiculous. Yeah, I think that's a good approach. Yeah, and just well, not not ruin it as much as you can, but just go so so different. Okay. So, Jason Momoa squeezed into a Kevin Costner sized
2: uh, fish outfit. <laughs> fish <laughs> outfit, love it. Yeah. That At nice. any point, is he going to drink his own pee? Uh,
1: no, no. Okay, no. good. Um, but he does smell, even though he's underwater. Oh, that's I'm not sure. that's not a joke that you'd get. Does Jason Momoa famously smell? Uh, or apparent, an Aquaman? It, in, in Aquaman, yes, yeah, someone says that you smell even when you're underwater. Wow, I never understood it. No, do things?
3: You can't you, you smell. Appara- anything. Apparently,
1: enough. if you smell bad enough. Oh,
2: really? <laughs> which Jason, which the hero does. Well, I guess people we're going way off topic now. People people can't <laughs> have a sense of smell underwater, right? Because you can't breathe in through your nose underwater.
1: Correct. I but think. do fish have a sense of smell? I do not know. Maybe. It's a whole different world down there.
2: I mean, it is. It's a whole new world. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, Carry on. So we're underwater. Jason well, anyway, Aurora, yes. Yeah. So
1: we've got this whole water world thing. Sure, It's, yeah. it's a beautiful city. It's mm. you know probably quite similar to Aquaman. It's, it's not it's, Atlantis, though. That would be the other obvious one. No, no, no. Okay. Um, it's full of colourful creatures and things that are pretty to look at. It's mm-hmm. yeah, very fancy. I mean, it could, it could be Atlantis. It doesn't really matter. Sure, sure, sure. And so we get introduced to, uh, well, the king. He has some daughters. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we get introduced to them through the medium of a stage musical. Okay. I have no idea where this could be going. So, <laughs> um, it's a joyous way to start a movie. I, for some reason, I've written a fair bit here before I give away what this is, but I don't know why. Because, clearly. So, it's a joyous way to start a movie. There are there are six sisters, all singing and dancing in coordination, all with different coloured scales, I'm mm-hmm. saying, because you know, they, don't, they, yeah. don't, they don't wear bras. Um, Shells. No, I'm saying scales because, like, in the fish monsters and this, they don't wear any clothes. Oh, they
2: don't look like, you're right, they don't look like, I'm thinking. Yeah, they're, not, they're
1: not half human. Okay, sure, continue. Yeah. Okay, I get it. Right. Yes, and as the, uh, as the thing's drawn to a close, it's about to introduce the seventh daughter um, of the king, Princess Asile, is her name? Asile. Asile. As in uh, A-Seal. Just A-S-I-L-E. Whatever. Okay, fine. Does that um, come from anywhere? I'm okay, um, Erdo. But when a clam opens, um, as I've written here, the little mermaid, comma, I mean the fish creature, isn't there. I still have no idea where this is going. Yeah. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> Enlighten me. <laughs> <laughs> now, I do take some liberties here. So. Okay. We then cut to a scene with seal, where it's, uh, she is an emo princess. Mm-hmm. So she, as all teenagers should be, she hates everything. Mm-hmm. Especially herself sure it's herself more than anything she doesn't have any confidence in herself she thinks that being a princess like she doesn't think that she deserves that title because she thinks she's ugly Mm -hmm. and uh i mean she's not very well kept put it that way i mean she could be well kept but she's not her scales are all seaweed in them and her black emo hair is always tangled and awful yeah she's not making the effort no no she's she, she she's not but should
3: you but but, but, but whatever.
1: I'll leave that for the audience to decide. Sure, yeah. I'm guessing by the end of this film she's going to discover that her inner beauty is all that matters. (laughs) So obviously she thinks the kingdom is just stupid and like... What, what, what? Even is royalty? Like, this up. is all crap. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, she hates her father. He's quite controlling of her, mm-hmm. in her opinion, at least. Um, and today is her eighteenth birthday. Okay. That's why this whole musical thing's happening because right. Princess are introducing the youngest princess to the world. As in, like, boom, who wants to marry her? Yes, Her coming out party. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And so she decides to instead of taking part in this musical, swim away from mm-hmm. everything that she's expected to be. Does she have a little yellow fish as a friend? I've not written that in, okay. um, just because I didn't have anywhere for that to go. Fair enough. Fine. Uh, so we then see from her perspective that she's taken to her dressing room by her father. This is before the musical now. I um, closed in there to wait for her cue to appear on stage. And um, this is when she makes her break for it. She swims out the window and uh, swims away as fast as she can. And this is when we transfer into a more Finding Nemo style of movie. Okay. I've only sort of covered this in a couple of sentences, really, but... She has all kinds of little shenanigans with like, you know, just keep swimming, just mm. keep so swimming. So she gets lost, essentially. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Okay. And is she trying to get back to the family home at this point? She's just trying to get away. Get a- oh, she's, she's, not, she's not really thinking There's three massively, okay. she's just trying to get away from everything. Okay, sure. Yeah, and so there's a of shenanigans like that, there's a horde of jellyfish that mm-hmm. yeah, maybe it's a bit perilous or something, I'm not sure. She has to uh, escape from an insane shark, mm-hmm. um, which initially pulls her into his support group. Yeah and uh, she has to ride on the back of a stone turtle for a while as well, and it's all quite traumatising, to be honest.
2: Yeah. but well, she's not heading anywhere specifically, she
1: just wants to keep moving. She's just moving on to the next thing, to the okay, next thing, fine. to the next thing. Yeah. Now, one of these shenanigans um, leads her into the lair of an evil octopus called uh, Cerula. It's an anagram. Okay, great. You've been very creative <laughs> with these names. Asiel and Cerula. Um, Is Ricky Rouse going to... No. Yeah? <laughs> Anachron skulls are awful. No, no. <laughs> so she claims to be the queen of the ocean. Okay. And uh, so a seal. Well, she needs to escape safely because maybe one of the sharks are chasing her or something. Sure. I don't know, but something's happening. Um. And Cirula promises that if a seal pledges to do something for her, then she'll fight off the sharks. Okay. So who's playing Cerula? I don't know. I was thinking. By the way, I forgot to cast a seal, but up for a seal, I was thinking. Oh, I've forgotten her name. Um. From Parks and Recreation. Alba Plaza. Yes. Yes, that'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. I feel like but, she, she does. She the, like, be as like an anti I like don't her. care teenager yes. kind of thing. I'm
2: sure she's like thirty six at this point, but she's I mean, gonna be sure, playing. Yeah, oh it's a voice oh, animated voice role, sure, yeah. Yeah. And she's gonna be playing Moody Teenagers until the day she dies. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's her type. <laughs>
1: yeah. Now uh for uh Cerula it, it, it's pretty much Ursula. Somebody mm-hmm. with like a deep female voice. Sure. Oh, no, um doesn't need to be a deep female voice from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Titus Andromedon? N- i mean not quite what i thought but yeah um i was going for i forget her name the landlady oh carol kane yeah yeah okay sure
2: just like this grouchy old like jewish lady like, yeah yeah sure sure
1: yeah okay yeah, yeah <laughs> i like that that's good i mean like why not just even have like her head as well as part of the octopus love thing. it love just, it yeah. it's With all hair hair yeah. yeah that works yeah i, lo- I like that a lot <laughs>
3: <laughs> she's
1: great <laughs> so yeah she says in her uh in, in, in her voice um i'm the queen of the ocean however i'm not complete my heart's been taken from me and is in the possession of a ghastly bitch wow i've put events in place for my heart to be re- returned to the ocean but i need you to retrieve it for me is this literally the heart of the ocean
2: the water Oh, i'll we'll continue i'm sorry i don't <laughs> want to talk what am i talking about i'm just,
3: making, I'm just saying words
1: <laughs> Please carry on with your original story. <laughs> um, and so she, she hands seal a piece of paper with essentially a time and a seabed location on it. Mm-hmm. seal doesn't want to do it. And Sarula uh, shows her the, the contract with a small print on it. Ah. Satan, failure to complete the task will result in sacrifice of the Sea Queen's voice. Sorry, choice. <laughs> mm. um, and uh, expulsion from the ocean as well. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. So seal reluctantly goes with it in her whatever kind of point of view. And uh, swims to location promised. And, uh, well, she's a bit early, so she has to wait around a couple hours. There's nothing really on, nothing really around this area. Nothing Mm -hmm. to do. It's a bit boring. She's just looking up, looking at the vague sort of moonlight um, that's shining down through the ocean. And uh, suddenly the moonlight goes dim, and then an object blocks it. She continues to look, just sort of in confusion, as the object blocks more and more of the light. Until, all of a sudden, she makes out the bow of a ship, heading directly towards her and uh, she swims out of the way just in time and nearly avoids getting crushed by the Titanic. Yikes. So, yeah, there's that. Now, John, as you know, the heart of the ocean isn't aboard the Titanic. Of course it was. Well, no. And in fact, won't rejoin the ocean until it's been 84 years. Oh, I, oh, sorry,
2: I, Oh, so the ship at the Titanic has just sunk? Yeah. Okay, I, I, I thought that we were still in the sinking process. Okay, yes. Yeah, so Kate Winslet and has got off already? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool, yes. Yeah. So the heart of the ocean has now gone to New York with Kate Winslet. Great. Pretty much, yes. Cool. And won't be,
1: yeah, 84 years. Okay, so she ought to wait 84 years now? So, unfortunately, until then, um, a seal can't deliver the heart to the evil queen mm-hmm. and uh, will have to suffer the forfeit for the contract. Oh, dear. So, uh, yeah, the queen, she, she waves her hands up and chants a spell of some kind. Have you got a spell prepared, John? Yes, I always have a spell prepared. Just... <laughs> yeah, please, please go for it. Um... So prepared. <laughs> you didn't tell me to prepare a spell. You just said you had one prepared. I was being sarcastic. Why would I have a spell prepared? I wouldn't put it past you. Bibbity bobbity boo. Well, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. So, um, yeah, the, the, the queen, she said bibbity bobbity boo. And um, a steel voice is stripped from her. Oh, no. Completely. Her scales, they start to fall off as human skin starts to grow in. Mm-hmm. Um, her gills close up, leaving three scars on each side of her neck. Oh. So you can see where that's going. Yeah. And uh, with a final swoosh of the Queen's hands, a seal is shot across the ocean, past the wreck of the Titanic, past the stone turtles, the support group sharks, and past the kingdom, her family rules, um, until she arrives in New York. Oh. Um, she bumps her head on a rock as she uh, she lands outside um, a coastal aquarium, and we, and we cut to black for a few seconds.
3: Ah.
1: Um, So now Sally Hawkins, Mm -hmm. she opens her eyes the next day, she washed up on this beach, Mm -hmm. she's completely dazed, she's now in this world that she's never seen before, Mm -hmm. so, you know, a bit confusing, and uh, yeah, she looks around, confused by everything she sees, and uh, yeah, the film ends when we hear the immortal words, Hi, I'm Sigourney Weaver. (laughs) Good question, perfect. So she has got picked up in that aquarium. Pretty much, <laughs> okay. yes. Like, like yes. Because yes. I did notice when watching this film again for the third time that in the scene where Michael Shannon is first being racist to Octavia Spencer, saying, like, God looks like, you know, looks look, look like us, looks like humans, probably more like me, though. Yeah. When he's saying that, that's the scene where Octavia Spencer sort of explains where, what's-her-face came from. At least Eliza came from, yeah. Yes. Um, she was found as a baby on the, be- on the... In a river. On the river, yeah. Sure. But. There, sure. Yeah, the, 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 there it is. I mean, maybe it's the mouth of a river or something, but it's like, you know, she's essentially found in the water. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that'd be something. Cool. No, it makes sense. I mean, aside from the fact that
2: she's not a baby, but other than that, it
1: ties I didn't realise that she was a baby. I forgot that oh, detail. Okay, fine, fine. <laughs> fine. Maybe she gets reborn by the Queen or whatever. Mm. Sure. Well,
2: whatever. No, no, Other than that, it's a... No, I, I like that idea. I, I like the idea of that Sally Hawkins was a mermaid the whole time. That makes sense. Yes. So, yeah.
1: And by the way, the name I used, uh, Princess it's spelled backwards.
2: Ah, okay. I was wondering. Oh, look at you looking all
1: smug. I mean, <laughs> yeah, very nice. Very
2: nice. Okay. I like that. I mean, that works. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's completely ridiculous. It is, sure, but, you know, <laughs> so, in many ways, so is the original film. And, yeah, yeah. And
1: it ties together nicely. So, yeah. Probably wouldn't be the same director, let's be honest. <laughs> no, no, no. A
2: step down. I don't,
1: know. I don't know who it would be, but something. No. <laughs> don't know. Mm. Michael Bay, Joel mm. Schumacher, you. <laughs> Me, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yep. There's three iconic directors. Okay, I guess time for getting to listener submissions. Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, so I've got a few here. Cool. I have one from uh, Alex Hobson, mm-hmm. who says... Firstly, he says he's not, he's not seen it, but surely <laughs> it involves some hybrid mutant fish baby that turns bat and decides it wants to rule over the human race, but it's torn because its mum is a human and its dad's fish, but it wants to wage war on humans or something. Basically, it's Aquaman. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I've not seen Aquaman, so I guess I'll just take
2: his word for that, but sure. Yeah, I mean, that seems... I mean, movie. the plot line is just basically a reversal of mine, but it's
1: the fish wants revenge rather than the human, but sure. Yeah, yeah it seems to be. Okay, Paul Spooner says so the Shape of Fire, mm-hmm. a sequel, but basically a remake of the first, only as a lava monster and it's gender swapped. Mm, okay, I don't sure. know about the gender leads into it. Um, I should add that the movie ends with the man jumping into the lava to be the monster, but then burning to death. Oh, sounds grim, but sure. Wow. Well, okay, Paul Spooner, that's um, dark. Something. Yeah. Mm. Charlie Dudley from that podcast that we've both been on. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? Yeah. Um, and he, a, a podcast for everyone as well, this Busted podcast. Oh yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be on that soon. Kay. He says she gets FTDs, officially transmitted diseases. Ficially transmitted diseases. That and
2: sounds us. even more horrible than I think he intended. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah, great. Sure, yeah. Is that, is that it? She just gets an STD or an, F,
1: an FTD? And dies, yeah. And dies. Oh, lovely. Okay, yeah, thanks, yeah, Charlie. Yeah. Uh, Mark Reed, our patron supporter. Oh, great. One of um, says the meat woman dies. Oh. And in his efforts to try and contact civilization again, he intentionally scares and hurts a few people, and the creature that Black Lagoon is born. Oh, interesting. Okay. So maybe he's like driven
2: mad with grief when Sally Hawkins yeah. dies. I like that. That's good. Okay. That's something, yeah. Yeah.
1: Dark, but yeah. Plausible. Yeah. Obi Wan Labelle says grinding Nemo. Grounding Nemo.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, oh, I guess fished sex.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, cool. Thank you, everybody, for um, writing in there. Tell okay. them uh, uh, what you got.
2: So, Carl Horberg said, The Shape of Air. This one has a sexy bird man, and he's a lawyer. Ah. Yeah. Yvigni Kopman said, The Shape of Rock. Can a golem find true love? Can a... I... A golem find true love. Yeah, a-, a golem is a creature made of rock.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Sure, sure, sure. I uh, thought that Dwayne Johnson was going to be in this. Can I...
2: The shape of Oh, rock. the shape of rock. Yeah. Like how the rock gets in such good shape. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a workout of DVD.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, there it is.
2: There we go, yeah. Be, uh, one up to you there, you've ended up. Oliver Young said, the shape of the Earth. An astronaut
1: falls in love with the turtle carrying the flat Earth on its back. I wanted to tie that into mine somehow. because what, flat Earth theory, huh? No, no, no. The the being on a turtle's back or something. yeah. yeah, yeah whatever yeah. that theory is. Yeah. But... You know, because I, I did the stone turtles thing from finding the email. Yes, yes, yes. But I just I, I just couldn't be asked to look it up. Because no. it felt like a whole thing. It, I think it's from Discworld from Terry Pratchett. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's a, <laughs> that's a uh, very much a whole thing. Yeah. Kurt Spindler said, Well, if we're going to continue to use the creature from the Black Lagoon as inspiration, mm. then the sequel will involve the creature being captured and put on display at SeaWorld. World." Mm-hmm. So it's going to be kind of a blackfish slash
1: Free Willy kind of uh, film. So, okay. Yeah, I like that idea. It's trapped in an aquarium. Will the poster include a picture of the fishman escaping? Uh, just jumping, yeah. I like it, yeah. That fucking Free Willy poster. It's great. It was an iconic moment in my childhood, that film. Sure, fine. But just, like, the poster is a spoiler. <laughs> it is a spoiler, but, you know, <laughs> So is the title. <laughs> well, not necessarily. Like, you know, Free to bet. That's a... That's a term that gets thrown about. Tibet's not free now. Is well, it? that's true. but well, no, well, if there was a film called Free Tibet? Like eh, not necessarily. Unless it was a
2: document. I don't know. Yeah. It's a Disney film. It's not going to end sadly. Yeah. Disney films can end sadly. They can have sad middle bits. They always have a happy ending. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Whatever. You're right. I'm correct. Fine. Thank you. Uh, Adam Capitanio said, The Drape of Water. The Fishman is back. I know he's a fashion designer. Right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kevin Gray said, The Shape of Butter. A Minnesota <laughs> farmer falls in love with the butter sculpture he's carving for a state fair. Oh, wow. <laughs> sure. Spencer Cop said, The Crepe of Water. They move to Paris, and the fishman is a world-class chef, but he has to stay behind the scenes and tell Sally Hawkins how to prepare the dishes, like in Ratatouille. Great, yeah. yeah. Spencer Cop also said, A Harry Potter prequel about Severus falling in love with one of the mayor people that live in the lake that's next to Hogwarts. The Snape of Water.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I clearly liked that one. Yeah.
2: Becky Yenter said, The Shape of Water 2, The Squid Krull. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephanie Bedford said, The Shape of Slaughter, a murder spree slasher movie in which Sally Hawkins' character takes an axe and lays waste to the proprietors and the customers at every seafood restaurant in the cosmopolitan area. Mm. It's like, yeah, I guess she gets revenge for everyone who's ever, ever eaten like a fish and chips kind of meal. Mm-hmm. That'd be screwed. Uh, Joe Herman did his traditional Two Sheep, Two Water. Yeah, of course. Sean Gleason said, The cats of water. Legend tells of a sexy fish man who came out of the water to eat a cat. Now the cats will enter the water to eat some fishmen. <laughs> Revenge. Yeah. Rob London, this is my personal favourite. Rob London said, The shape of water too, the next day. Richard Jenkins and Octavia Spencer go out for lunch and try to deal with what the fuck just happened.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: the one i was laughing out loud at before we started okay cool start. uh rose weldon said elisa <laughs> <laughs> Eliza, and the creature give birth to king triton and move to denmark thus becoming the paternal grandparents of ariel and the whole film was a little mermaid prequel yeah, so that wasn't a million miles away from yours but yeah mm-hmm. gracie atkinson said shape of water too this time full fish penis <laughs> yep that, that was missing yeah. Mike Carey, again, not a million miles away from yours, the shape of water world. Mm. Bal Sinai said, the shape of soup. It's like the shape of water, but with a few stock cubes thrown in. So, Great, yeah. yeah. Uh, over to Twitter, Cinema Recall at cinema underscore recall said, look, I don't care what happens plot wise, I just really hope it also explains what happened to Ophelia in Pan's Labyrinth. So, sure. Sure. False Starts Podcast at False Starts Pod. We'd see a whole sense and tasty food universe, the STFU. <laughs> Sense and Tasty Food Universe, the STFU. The Sight of Jelly, about a little jelly goblin and a blind lady who loves the taste of sugary fruit. The Smell of Mashed Potatoes, a farmer who can't smell falls in love with a mashed golem. I could go on, but I won't. <laughs> okay. Uh, Quiz and Hers, at Quiz and Hers, said, Well, they've hit one of the four classical elements, so the logical sequence is the shape of earth, the shape of wind, the shape of fire. Or combine them, but the shape of earth, wind, and fire sounds more like it'd be part of the Bohemian Rhapsody Rocketman cinematic universe. You know, there's a disco band called Everwind Fire. Yes, good. That's what they're referring to there.
1: Yes, uh, and finally, I always get them and September mixed up. September yeah. is their song, isn't yeah, it? Yes, September's the song. Yeah. yeah, I just get the two mixed up. Easily done. Yeah, and finally, <laughs> at one Aussie nerd one said, "This film is actually a prequel to
2: Hellboy, so let's have a sequel that connects the shape and waters of the Hellboy cinematic universe." Mm-hmm. Both. Del Toro properties, so short works for me. works very well, yeah. yeah. So those are our listener submissions for this week. If you have any sequel ideas for The Shape of Water or any films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available at all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and ACAST, and many more. Just search Beyond the Box Set. Uh, you can also find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search Beyond the Box Set or go to at Beyond the Box Set on Twitter. Our Patreon page is at
1: patreon.com forward slash beyond the box set, and we have exclusive merchandise available at tpublic.com. And all these links are available at, pay, at pavemedia.net slash beyond the box set, where you can also find many other great podcasts, yes. which we are all friends with. Yes. Cool. So, next week, John. Next week. Next week, it's your turn. It is my turn. After. A while. It's been a long
2: time because I gave my last choice over to you essentially for Treeful day which much worked out yeah. fine, yeah? Yeah, it was a good fun episode. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, and so it's the first time I've had a free turn in a while, like with no theme, no concept, no time of year, you know, mm. just pick anything. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to pick a film
1: that I saw quite recently mm-hmm. that. Was it a recent film?
2: Recent ish. It's, it's a few years old. Okay. Oh, I, so
1: not like you've been to the cinema without me. No,
2: it uh, no sounds so defensive, but no, 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 it's been three years old. Okay, cool. cool Jealous? Cool. Uh, no, it's few years old. I missed it entirely when it came out. Mm. Whenever it came out, I don't know if it got promoted particularly well, but I came across it recently and watched it, and it blew my mind. Blew your mind? And I was like, we have to do this on the podcast. All right. Okay. So with that in mind, I am announcing that the film we are going to do next week is a little film called The Dressmaker. I've never heard of this film. No, I don't blame you. I'm not surprised. But I am okay. excited to... What can you tell me about it? I can tell you that it stars some very famous people. <laughs> okay. It's a real film. Yes. It stars some It stars an Academy Award-winning actress.
3: Mm.
2: Yes. Yeah. It stars... Meryl. A famous sibling. Liam Hemsworth.
1: Possibly. <laughs> uh, not Owen Wilson. It's Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> cool, cool, yeah, cool, cool. It.
2: Okay. And it's it's quite something.
1: Okay, so I'll, so I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Oh, Meryl and Liam Hemsworth. No, huh? Meryl's not. In it. It's not Meryl. Oh, but it is Liam Hemsworth. It is Liam Hemsworth. It's not, it's not Meryl. Yeah. really. I actually got that one. Yeah, you oh, got. Cool. You got, That's the real surprise. Okay. <laughs> the first question. I guess sibling. Yeah. How is that surprising? Who am I
2: like oh, going to guess? True.
1: As, as my first guest. True. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm excited. Let's see, Oscar-winning actress. Oscar-winning actress. Anne Hathaway. No. Mm. Top of my head is Glenn Close, but I know there's a reason why I'm not guessing. No, Glenn. it's not Glenn Close because <laughs> no. Too soon. Also, too soon. Emma Stone. Um, who else has won best actress
2: I think a little a little older younger than Meryl older than Emma Stone somebody who can definitely do crazy and in this film oh boy she goes to some places
1: <laughs> I'm not going to guess it so I'm just going to have to wait and see
2: yeah you are going to have to wait and see yeah. Yeah. but I'm excited
1: to hear your thoughts cool alright well I can't wait please join us next week for The, the Dressmaker The Dressmaker yeah. yes great thank you everybody for listening and we will see you next week see you next week bye
3: bye You're lucky.